testing testosterone, a fierce focus on fitness, and exploring the impact of partying too hard on your health are just some of the themes the successful nine to five fitness guru, Gabriel and his team focus on. Social media savvy, they podcast, train, and inspire others to stay fit using science-based fitness strategies and have a lot of fun while doing it. So Gabe, welcome to the What I've Learned podcast. Thank you very much, Deborah. It's uh, awesome to be on here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having a good chat about fitness and health, something close to my heart. So tell me a little bit about how you got into fitness. And I know most of your cohort are probably into fitness in some form, but you guys have really shown a pretty strong dedication to the art and science of fitness. So I think it started pretty early on. I was always like loved my sports and everything like that. And growing up, I played soccer to a decent level. Then I kind of like explored lifting weights as I finished high school and I was extremely passionate about soccer. And then I kind of fell out of love with the game and explored other avenues. I always thought, you know, soccer is a team sport, but, you know, I'd always get very emotional when we lost. And I thought, you know, if I'm putting in my best effort, but it was almost a bit selfish that I wanted a sport where it can be solely attributed to my own effort. So that's why I really started exploring like bodybuilding and powerlifting, where it's solely determined by the amount of effort and dedication and your strategy. So it started after high school, like just lifting weights, not knowing what I was doing and kind of on a pursuit to gain muscle and get ripped and everything like that. Um, and I've been training all my, through my journey, through my, with my best mate, Louis, also my business partner as well. And yeah, we slowly, so as you begin this journey, you start seeing progress and then you kind of get addicted to the progress and you wonder what else can I optimize in my regime here? So coming from like a bit of an academic background at university and everything like that, I wanted to, you know, I thought what are the most efficient ways to do things? So I'd always look at like academically verified articles and trustworthy sources for the best ways to eat, to train, to supplement, to sleep, everything like that. And I was just getting addicted to optimizing everything and I really wanted to kind of make it for myself and uh, yeah I don't know I just wanted to explore things and know what was the right way to do things so like it didn't it definitely didn't start all at once and it's no nowhere near a finished product yet but I think slowly growing on these things and slowly refining your practices yeah so it definitely started as like a complete newbie not knowing what I was doing slowly progressed um, and now we're kind of exploring the pinnacle of biomechanics through uh, powerlifting and things like that which is like how to lift the most amount of weight possible which I find extremely interesting because you've got it's almost like an art form so definitely started pretty basic and now we're getting into more of an advanced uh, kind of exploration I suppose. So on that note, so a few things. One is obviously the key word is you started slowly. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really important because I think obviously there are certain risks and dangers with just gunning it and getting involved too hardcore too early. And I think that you highlight that that was that's something that you've evolved. It hasn't been something that you've just gone bam. So I think that's really important for our listeners too to understand that it is about learning and growing. And I suppose the other thing is I'm interested in how you manage that because clearly it requires dedication is one thing. But how do you how do you how do you dedicate something you know something like this can get a little obsessive and a little I suppose it can tap as you say it can become a little addicted addictive to use your words so I think talk to me a little bit about those two issues taking it slow being careful and not getting addicted to it how did you navigate that balance 
So I suppose the first point of starting slow, it wasn't like I uh, intentionally started slow. It's just the fact of not being aware of the whole sphere of uh, nutrition and training. So it was kind of like you're starting in a mind, you're slowly chipping away and you're discovering things. So I think I mean starting slow as in I wasn't aware of everything there was. As I slowly learned things, I definitely refined practices and tried new things and everything like that. In regards to the being careful and the obsessive nature that can come with nutrition and training, I suppose it's a controversial topic in that, you know, some of my content where I talk about macros and nutrition and what I'm eating is very controversial, particularly, you know, you've got two sides of people. You've got people who want to chase the gains in the gym and do everything they can for their health. And you've got people who view that as like an eating disorder or something. And my audience is very much you know, the people who want to make progress, just your average gym bro and things like that. But I have had times where my content does reach that other audience and it's just a very, it's I'm not on. the right content for them. And they think it's, yeah. you get, I've gotten a lot of hate for it, but I stick by like what I say and I know yeah. that it's useful for a certain type of people. Okay. And so, you know, when you talk about you've had hate for it, at the end of the day, what you're saying is you're providing a platform for a particular strategy. If that strategy is applied in a cautious way and with the right mindset, it can be effective. But if it's used as a tool or a weapon to basically, you know, I suppose become obsessive or addictive, that's not your intention. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it's more like I'm not a qualified nutritionist or dietitian anyway, so it's more of just projecting what I do for myself and others mm-hmm. can take inspiration from that. And then it's never like this is exactly what you have to do. It's very much yeah. like these are my goals, this is my lifestyle, these are my kind of characteristics and this is what I eat. And, you know, a lot of gym bros might be kind of similar to that and they can take inspiration from it and or alter what I say as well. Yeah, no, it's it's a quite a fascinating area because, of course, with social media and the whole movement, the health and wellness movement is massive. And mm. what you're showcasing also is obviously often we focus on the female movement and the you know the focus on wellness and fitness and eating and nutrition. But it's really fascinating to hear and and get an insight into. I know you do work with women as well, but it's predominantly a male-focused fitness outfit that you have. Tell me a bit also about you do make a point, like I noticed in one of your instances you do the testosterone thing, which is really interesting to me because obviously the science-based element is what gives some credibility to Mm. what you're trying to do because you're trying to actually test it scientifically. So to me, I'm looking at that little um, Insta or that TikTok that you did where which was funny because one of you was afraid of needles. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 which was really funny. And, and, you know, you go, oh, I was afraid of needles, but, hey, I'm going to do this. So I would have thought a young, fit guy like you would not need a testosterone supplement. I don't understand. Can you explain to us? Because you? So just to to explain to our listeners, you tested your testosterone to see the levels and then you determined what supplements you may or may not need, yeah? Yeah, okay. So I'll give a bit of context into the situation it's a bit of a story time but basically in america for the past year or so there's kind of been a new wave of supplements and influences and it's kind of taking over and in america there's this new supplement that's come out called turkesterone and there's been a lot of hype in america about it and it's only kind of just hitting australia and i've been following it quite closely kind of reading and understanding some studies on it and basically it is a plant-based compound that can boost your testosterone and have positive effects on muscle growth and it's completely natural and it's pretty profound in that 
like it's plant-based, it's completely natural, but it can almost mimic the effects of uh, steroids and things like that. I'm not exactly sure. I, I don't think it's anywhere near the super physiological levels that they do, but it's some, to some degree can mimic that. And now basically it has only just hit the shores of Australia and our sponsors were lucky enough to get their hands on it. So I thought, look, I don't think enough people know about it. And a lot of people probably want to understand things about it. So I kind of took it upon myself to tell people what's happening. And so the reason why I wanted to do the blood test is to track my progress or my journey on this supplement. So I'm going to be taking quite a significant dose of it. I think 3000 milligrams I'll be taking or three grams. Um, and I want to see if it will have an effect on my testosterone. Now, the reason I got an initial testosterone test is because I wanted to see one, where my baseline testosterone is and two, where it kind of ends up after this, I think two month cycle, it'll end up being. And so it was really interesting because compared to other males my age, my testosterone is kind of exceeding the limits. So I think I've got extremely high natural testosterone. And so it'll be interesting to see if this supplement can actually do anything to my levels of testosterone or if it will just be one of those one percenters or anything like that. And we also did a test for Louis. His testosterone levels weren't as high, um, which was really interesting because we follow a similar lifestyle, similar training, everything like that. So mm. it'd be interesting if his cycle on this has a more significant effect because perhaps he hasn't maxed out his natural testosterone levels. So the, the supplement world's been around for a long time and mm -hmm. we know that, yeah, and there are some and, and there's a lot of most people I know are taking some sort of supplement, including myself. Mm -hmm. um, so the question is obviously research, science, all of the things that we've referred to, and I suppose making sure that the um, this testosterone supplement, what is the mission here for you? If your testosterone is quite high anyway, What's the is the mission to what improve muscle strength? What what I'm trying to work out why yeah. you need a supplement. So the mission isn't really for myself; it's more for my audience because we're sponsored by a, a particular supplement brand, Elite Supplements. They're amazing, um, and this supplement's really expensive, right? And so we're not here saying everyone should buy it. We're saying you know you can buy it if you want, and we're going to actually figure out whether it's worth your money because. We have like a code that we have from our supplement retailer and people buy through our code and it brings in a significant amount of revenue. Like there's a lot of people using our code. And so we wanted to essentially test, mm. you know, is this actually worth your money? And like a lot of people bought it before we've actually tested it because they mm. want to see too, but a lot of people are really interested to see uh, like if it has an effect on us. So that's why it'd be quite interesting to see who responds better out of Lewis and myself. And so I suppose the mission isn't for myself. Like, obviously, I'll, I'd love to redeem the benefits of increased testosterone compared to what it already is, but it's yeah. more so for my audience, I'd say. I think that's really um, what I'm hearing is you feel a responsibility yeah. because you have a public platform and, you, you, you know, you're tapping young guys predominantly who are obviously wanting to max on every level because that's that's the drive and I get that so I I think that that is important because you're definitely testing what you're I wouldn't say promoting but you're obviously if they're sponsors they're clearly on board in some form and you're saying well we just want to make sure that our customers or listeners or viewers are actually tapping something that is going to actually be transitional yeah or that, that's transformative yeah. definitely that's right um I've had in the past uh sponsors who try to get you to promote something that you don't actually believe in. And for me, I never want to do that because one of the most difficult things is trying to promote a product that you don't actually believe in. And so 
yeah, I, I prefer to like actually promote something that I'm using myself and I can speak really freely about because I think the content will be best on that. And, you know, I don't want to lie to my audience that like trust us so heavily. So it's really important for me to do that. I think, well, I think that's really important and it's really good to know because if we can, you know, maintain those positive and authentic voices because you're going to undermine your own brand anyway and so that would feed its purpose anyway if, if it was something you didn't believe in. So I think what you're saying um, makes makes a lot of sense, you know. Yep. You, you want to maintain that authenticity. It's a place of honesty that's going to, in the long run, be of benefit to your members but also to yourself. Yeah. Do you think, um, obviously, you've got, what is it, nearly 100,000 on TikTok, 98,000 or whatever, which is pretty huge. (laughs) Okay, so let's just be real here. Do you think being young, fit, and let's be honest, a tad photogenic with lots of muscle and lots of, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, posturing happening. It's really quite, yeah, powerful. Do you think it's quite aspirational? And is that the intention? And that's okay. You're using what you've got and you're showcasing that, you know, ripped, muscular, youthful energetic side and that's what people are tapping yeah Mm. is that is that the I gather that's you know you're having a bit of fun with it as well I think there's a direct correlation between being shirtless in a photo and like engagement like it'll if I have my shirt on in the photo it's likely not to do better than you know you're having abs out and everything like that not Um, to do better or to do better uh like obviously the more revealing photos will do better yeah, so if that makes sense. Yeah, so so you get the marketing strategy, and that's okay. You know, that's part of the fun of it, I suppose. And it's also guys. kind of showing what's possible for our followers as well. So if they, you know, purchase our meal plans, purchase our training programs, follow our advice, like they can create the same. Because the thing is, the what we really wanted to kind of eradicate, or some somewhat at least, is these things called fake natties in the industry. So they're people that are like drug-fueled athletes, but they don't disclose what they're taking and they achieve these ridiculous physiques and people think that that's achievable. And so we wanted to say that's absolute garbage and this is what's achievable naturally. Like we haven't taken any drugs or anything like that. So, yeah, it's kind of like a almost a selling point. This is what's achievable. Yeah, I think, okay, so that comes back to trying to be authentic and real about what's going on. Yeah. And that may be also why you're getting... A huge following on TikTok. So for you, do you think that most of the people that come to you are looking for, like, are some people just looking for, hey, I just want to get fit? Or is your real focus and only focus to get super ripped and to really go hardcore? Like, what's the sort of balance there for you yeah. guys? So for us, we very much believe in both a functional and aesthetic physique not one side or the other, you know, it's great if you can run marathons and you're extremely fit and you can do everything, but like there is an element of wanting to look good as well. Whereas we don't want to be just a balloon animal bodybuilder who can't run up some stairs without getting exhausted. So it's kind of a balance between both. So I think for us, I think it's in like our about us section, it's like achieving a functional yet aesthetic physique. To that point, you know, it's interesting. Do you think that that it's appealing as well because there's a big focus on mental health as well with men. Do you think this is a really important strategy to help young guys, even like, yes, we were in the COVID world, but even before that, to empower themselves and to, you know, does it change, do you think, sort of the chat around mental health is it does it open up that discussion being able to be in a gym or or have connections with trainers and you know what's your thoughts around that and have you guys seen that happening a hundred percent i think 
like being fit and confident in yourself is an antidepressant in itself. I'm not sure how medically qualified that is, but I definitely think it is a huge impact on your mental health to be living a healthy lifestyle, eating the right things, kind of progressing to the physique that you want and being confident in yourself. I think that plays a a huge role, not to mention having those lifestyle factors like is going to boost your testosterone and testosterone regulates the male's mood, motivation, a lot to do with mental health. So um, I can speak anecdotally as well. Like I went through my first breakup with like a long-term girlfriend. So obviously, you know, your heart's broken and everything and you come back and this is like your transformation. And for me, like I transformed myself into a completely different person and I improved on so many different levels, both inside and outside. And I think definitely living that kind of lifestyle just does wonders for your mental health. I think that's a really good point that you raised, Gabe, because I think that we talk a lot about resources for women. And yeah, obviously, like I've interviewed Hunter from the Man Cave and I've done lots on men's mental health. And there's certainly a correlation and it makes a lot of sense. And your personal story that you reflect on, have you seen that with other guys that you know? And do you encourage them to sort of use that as a resource? Definitely. I've I've seen quite frequently on TikTok content, like a, a guy gets their heart broken. So this is like their time to get motivated into the gym and kind of turn to some sort of beast. Um, I've seen quite a bit of that and I think it's pretty common. Well, it's good to know that there's another resource for men out there that, I mean, many many of them know it, but I think, you know, like hearing that anecdotally from you is really good to just mm. to demonstrate that it's a real thing and it can be. Yeah. But coming back to, you know, how I mentioned, and I just was asking you about that notion that do, do you have to go hardcore to be involved in your gym or can you do sort of more, you know, med- medium uh, style training? Yeah, so I think like it's definitely you don't have to be a hardcore what's called IFBB bodybuilder and, you know, dedicating your whole life to it, which is kind of why we wanted to create what we did is, you know, working smarter instead of harder. So you don't need to be in the gym every day training for three hours and taking it all extremely seriously. Like to be honest, I only train four days a week for about an hour and just prepare my kind of meal prep on the weekend or something like that and go shopping. It's, you know, a few hours of dedication, but it's certainly not unachievable, I think. And I think anyone who, that's why it's called nine to five fitness is because this is techniques and practices that you can implement as your average nine to fiver who's working every day, eight hours and kind of doesn't have a whole lot of spare time as you can implement these strategies to achieve your goals. So I don't think it's hardcore whatsoever. And in terms of um, you talk about meal prep, that's often mm. the biggest challenge, yeah? Yeah. Um, because because it's a matter of preparation. Mm-hmm. Do you um, what would be just some quick tips that you'd give some of the some of our listeners about meal prep? Like in terms of are there some sort of shortcuts <laughs> that you can? Yeah. So I'd say my biggest tip is just to plan everything out. I'm a bit of a um, Excel freak and I like everything organized. I literally have an Excel spreadsheet of everything I need to buy in the supermarket and how much it costs and what quantities. You don't have to go to that extent, but I think just plan out like what you can visualize yourself eating during the week. You know, I don't know, you might have to have three meals a day, four meals a day, whatever it may be. And you're just going to plan out, okay, I'm going to be cooking breakfast on that day. Whereas I want my lunch and dinner to be already prepared. And then you kind of just ask yourself, what do I want to make? And If you want to get into the macro tracking and everything like that, then you can. I'd say just my biggest tip is preparation. And second one is just nutrient focused as well. So just 
consuming whole foods that are nutrient dense and yeah then you can also focus on your macronutrients too so are you okay so i don't know if you've heard you probably have have you heard of the huberman lab oh i've listened to every single podcast yeah there you go okay so me too i mean it's really interesting yeah um and you know a lot of people so a lot of the guys my age are obviously exploring that as well because Mm -hmm. once they get a little older and things get even more scarier and people want to be super fit and healthy. You know, he talks about, I mean, he's a fierce advocate of the power of fasting and how it can improve liver health, muscle strength and weight loss, yeah? yeah? And, you know, I have quite a few friends who follow him and he's pretty impressive. But what are your thoughts around, like, for example, intermittent fasting or fasting in general? Do you advocate it and do you see a lot of people doing it? I think with kind of dietary questions like this there's no one size fits all which is extremely important to acknowledge because some people prefer Mm -hmm. different things and some people have certain characteristics or or whatnot I think intermittent fasting can definitely work for some people um, and I think it can be particularly beneficial if their goal is to lose weight if you fit all of your eating into one window essentially to lose weight of course you need to consume less calories than you burn which is what will put you in that deficit and you will lose weight and so like intermittent fasting can be a fantastic technique to adhere to that caloric deficit if you're only giving yourself eight hours in the day to eat whereas before you may have given yourself 15 hours in the day to eat you may just automatically fit in less quantity of food so I think if weight loss is your goal, then definitely I'm, I'm also listening to Andrew Huberman's podcast on the other benefits that can come with it as well. I'm not too well researched on them, but I definitely advise people to go listen to that one if they're interested in the other benefits that come along with intermittent fasting. Yeah, it is quite extraordinary, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, as somebody, obviously a different age group to you, but like I definitely have seen the benefits of fasting and it's encouraged by a lot of the doctors to actually do intermittent fasting for all of the above reasons. And the human, you know, the human lab, he's really, you know, fascinating the way that he talks about it. And I think there is a definite change, you know, in a way it's so different from the way that we were sort of, a lot of people were raised with this sort of, and also there was a big push for so many of these food companies for everybody to eat and eat and eat all the time and almost, Mm. you know, it's sort of become a culture of eating and now there's a complete almost like a backlash of sorts. I don't know if you've noticed that, but there is a change to the way that, um, you know, people are are basically taking, seeing that eating has such a major impact on everything. Yeah, 100%. It's the fuel that you're putting into your body. And so talk to me about this supplement concept, coming back to what we were saying. Yeah. If you're getting your nutrients predominantly from healthy eating, yeah? Yeah, yeah. This, this supplement notion, what are your thoughts around, do you think, clearly there's a strong marketing spin across the board with, mm. with supplements, but, and I know you're, you're doing your testosterone test, but yeah. just as a, as a general concept, do you think supplements are well enough patrolled or monitored and you know how do you make sure that what you're taking and putting in your body is like okay yeah it's a good question um i I don't think i've heard a lot about how certain supplements aren't well enough patrolled and what's on the bottle isn't necessarily what you're consuming and that is a real worry i i don't have the answer to how to solve it but it is a worry my best advice is to go for really reputable brands that are fairly transparent. Um, so 
for our followers, we only promote like the brands that we really trust and know have the best quality products. I, I haven't physically put their products in some sort of lab environment and tested exactly what's in them, but I'm trusting that that very reputable brand that is very science-based is putting what they're promising in. So yeah. I don't, I can't say like I know exactly what's in it, but yeah, I'm just going off of, you know, the reputability of the, or the reputation of the brand rather. Yeah, that makes sense. And so why do you think you guys are getting such traction? I suppose in Australia, there aren't that many fitness influencers or at least ones that kind of stand out. I feel as though they kind of try to fit some mould that is already that it already exists. Whereas in America, you have, it's a lot more saturated with fitness influencers, I feel. And so to give some context, there's kind of, in Australia, there's like your Fraser Wilson and Zach Perna who are absolutely dominant. They're huge have huge audiences and were a huge inspiration for us. And I think other than that, there aren't too many others. And so particularly for our age group as well, we're, we're slightly younger than them. So I thought, you know, no one else is doing this. Like I, it's always been a dream of mine to do this. And, you know, so we just got started essentially. And I think it was kind of refreshing. Like I don't want to pump up my tires or anything like that, but we're kind of like a role model for a lot of these younger kids um, to look up to. So I think there was kind of a place there. I don't think we've really taken the place yet, but hopefully we can soon and keep growing and getting more traction and really establishing ourselves there. All I know is that you've got really good traction. People seem to really like what you're doing and I wish you all the best in the future and thank you so much for joining me on the What I've Learned podcast. I've learned heaps, so awesome. thank you. Thank you very much, Deborah. Absolute pleasure. Good luck with everything. Thank you. And Thanks stay fit and healthy. I don't even need to say that to you because you will. <laughs> <We'll do. laughs>